everyone. Hello there. <laughs> this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. Here we are, back for more, back addicted to you. We're all addicted to you, our listeners, and your really scary, spooky, touching, loving, wonderful experiences. Yeah. We can't get over it. We can do this for the rest of our lives. I was talking to a friend about it before we get into the stories, and I was like, it's the best thing in the world because we just get to tell each other ghost stories every week. Yeah, isn't it? I look forward. I, It's never become, which was my fear when we started to treat it more, less like a hobby and more like a business. A business. Yeah. I was fearful that I would start to resent it or feel like not as excited to do these things because it, it becomes something that we have to do mm-hmm. or like the, we feel like we have to do. But I n- have never felt that. Nope. I still haven't felt that. I'm like, oh, I get to hear ghost stories. And I think about it on the days that we're not doing anything. Yeah. And we just get to hang out with each other, which is great because we don't get to do it it's in fun. person. Fun, fun. Fun, fun. Friendship. Ghosts. Stories. Time to go. All right, guys. This is how we're doing it now. We're thanking our patrons from Patreon for supporting the podcast. And without them, this episode of Encounters would not exist. So thank you to our Devil's Hour Insomniacs. Thank you to Carmen and her freckles, Sarah, Ashley, Anne, Jess, Olivia, Holly, Dana, Sam, Sloan, Devin, Hannah, Luann, Bethann, Brianna, Allison, Maria, Hannah, Empowerment Ensemble, Yamily, Matthew, Brian, The Creepover Podcast, Dana, Joanna, Melinda, Kylie, Christina, Jessica, Jess, Jennifer, Gabrielle, Angela, Christina, Bailey, The Ghostly Gals, Taryn, Anna Rose, Lisa, A.M., Dawn, Kesha, Jen, Nikki, Jenny, Corinne, Rachel, Jana, Jenna, Mary, Sarah, Stacy, Sarah, Lorraine, Noel, Christigail, Claire, Marie, Marie, Elizabeth, Madeline, Chris, Shelby, Nikki, Jess, Carmen, Jordan, Tony, Victoria, Victor, Dweeb, Eve, April, Juliet, Laura, Rebecca, Barbara, Sarah, Kaylee, Jen, Aaron, Jennifer, Amy, Erica, Brandon and Emily, Nicolette, Amanda, Andrea, Tanya, Gracie, Donna, Nadia, Angel Kitty, Inaki, Liana, Jennifer, Corey and Lane, Victor, Nikki, Betsy, Alex, Kayla, Autumn, Amy, Nancy, Dana, Janine, Robin, Sean, Harry, Andy, Azana Profana, Carrie, Sharon, Lorenny, Nanette, Cassifras, Carmelina, Lizzie, Christina, Jane, Shenanigans, C, Sydney, Melissa, Taylor, Sarah, Jordan, Heather, Sydney, Katrina, Valeria, Chelsea, Edmund, Drayana, The Strange Case of Jewelry, Dolores, Sarah, Lauren, and Joanna. Thank you! Thank you for supporting us and making this episode possible. Do you want to go first? This is called Camping with Spirits or Bigfoot. I wonder why you picked this one. It's from T. Hi, ladies. Love the show. I had to take a couple day hiatus so that I don't run out of episodes and have to wait a week. And also, I get scared easily. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Anyway, I lived in Stockton, Utah a few years ago, and my parents still do. Stockton has a population of around 400 people at the max. (laughs) 
and it is an old mining town where the surrounding mountains are filled with mine shafts and aircraft and air shafts. Aircrafts. <laughs> 400 people, but they just can't Lots get rid of, of all the planes. People stopped mining in the town easily 100 years ago. We used to go camping all the time in one of the canyons about 15 minutes from my house until my now husband got so scared that we left in the middle of the night. <laughs> I would go camping with my brothers and friends up in the canyon all the time, and we always stayed at the same makeshift campsite surrounded by trees and close to the river. While camping with my brother and friends, we would always hear noises such as the sounds of hammering on metal and rocks squeaking sounds like an mm. old pump style of mining cars whistling and chatter that you were not able to understand the sounds would be more active and louder at night especially if it was a full moon the sounds would also circle our camp and as if they were literally traveling in a circle around us while going up and down the canyon oh also can we just pause i like how she was like yeah we would we'd always go to the same spot we always went camping and this crap would happen to them every single time. I'd After the first time, I'd be like, nope. Yeah, I would be out. I'd be like, no, thank you. No more. Sabrina and Corinne, out. We out. There have been times where old campfires will just burst into flames and burn hot like they haven't been fireless for weeks. Ugh. Like the standard crazy camper, I always just sleep in the bed of my truck, unlike my brother and his friends. They always sleep on the ground around the fire. In the last few times that I went camping there, I would wake up to what I call chatter because I was unable to understand what was being said. My friend's dog was in the truck bed with me and was acting scared, like something was wrong. Trust your pets. Trust your pets. I peeked my head over to the edge of the truck to tell people to shut the fuck up, and the fire was burning high and bright. We would never go to sleep with the fire burning, hence camping next to the river. And everyone was asleep. That's when I realized that the chatter was coming from the other side of the truck where the dense forest is. I was so scared. I grabbed the dog and I pulled him close. I pulled my gun out of the boot next to my head and tucked it into my sleeping bag and eventually fell back asleep with my silent prayers. Whoa. When everyone woke up, I was still tucked into my sleeping bag with the dog and my gun. That dog was probably like, I feel so safe in your arms. Thank you for taking me. <laughs> They just so happened to make the mistake of grabbing me by the ankles to wake me up, but quickly learned not to do that when I sat up with super speed and had my 45 point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying, but also good reflexes because <laughs> you kind of need those if you're going to be so out in the open, right. right? Right. I told them all what had happened the night before, and they all thought that I was crazy until we realized that one of our friends was sleeping in his locked car, only to find out that he had woken up to the chatter as well, but de but decided to let his dog stay with me instead of taking his dog oh, with him to the car. That's a good friend. Let the dog protect yes. your friend. Yes. The last time I went camping in that canyon was with my now husband. Funny thing, this camping trip was actually our first date. <laughs> yeah, good thing he wasn't a serial killer. Stupid young me. SSDGM. <laughs> anyway, we went camping to the same spot that I always go to because it's the best spot sounds like it <laughs> yeah i mean if haunted campsites are your yeah. thing we set up camp made beds in the bed of his truck started a fire and got dinner started while sitting there sipping beer and having good conversation and being the cutest and dancing in the firelight Aww. it started to sprinkle so we fashioned a tarp over the bed of the truck 
to stay warm. We climbed in the bed to avoid the rain, sat and continued to talk till the fire burned out. And we cinched the tarp down low over the edge of the truck. That's when the typical noises started of hammering on metal and rocks, squeaking sounds like the old pump style of mining cars, whistling and chatter started up like all of the spirits were headed to work in the mines. Then it all stopped. We were lying in bed and we could hear footsteps, heavy footsteps. We both had out our handguns and I was scared. We were lying back to back in the bed of the truck because there were footsteps on both sides of the truck. And we could clearly hear talking, but it wasn't English. It was nothing that neither of us had ever heard before. And it was like whatever was out there was communicating to each other from both sides of the truck. We whispered to each other, mainly me, going, what is out there? I'm scared. And him telling me it will be okay. But every time we talked, it would get loud and mad and logs would slam against the trees near the truck and a stick not twigs were being thrown on top of the tarp on top of us hitting both sides of the truck and after about 20 minutes i was so scared i told him we need to get out of here and we need to leave now yes so he handed me the keys told me he will stick his hand out of the tarp fire off some shots and when he says now get out Start the truck while he throws the cooler and the chairs in the bed and cut the lines to the trees that the tarp is tied to. He cr- this is this is very ambitious. This yeah. requires a lot of him being exposed. I would leave a lot of that behind. Like, not worth it. Yeah, me too. I would have just been like, nope, we're going to crawl through the window of the back of the truck into the front and we're fucking leaving. Although they do have to cut the tarp from the trees in order to get out. Oh, God, nightmare. <laughs> Got to think about these things before you set it up. How quickly can you dismantle your situation? Right. Yeah. He crawled at the end of the truck, shot off three rounds into the sky, and all of a sudden we heard the footsteps run off and it was silent. He yelled, now! And when we got out of the truck, we noticed that one of the tall aspen trees was swaying really hard back and forth as if someone had pulled the top to the ground and then just let it go <gasps> like a slingshot. And we booked it out of there so fast, tearing up the dirt road on our way out of the canyon. We pulled into my driveway around 2 a.m. And we just slept in the bed of the truck in the driveway so that we didn't wake anyone up. Oh, I would have been like busted in the house being like, everyone needs to lock the windows. Right. Something's coming for me. We went back the next day to try to find out the sounds and try to mimic the sounds by slamming logs on the trees and stomping on the ground and we were unable to get the sound as loud as they were the night before and the rope that was tied to the trees the night before was gone along with any trace of us being there no beer bottles no rope no firewood no tracks no prints the only thing we can think that it would have been is strong angry spirits or it was a bigfoot and friends (laughs) needless to say we have never gone camping in that canyon since anyways i hope you enjoyed this story i'm sure i will be writing again soon when i get bored at work again (laughs) i'm a great employee lol see you on the other side goodbye your utah listener t wow i okay if it was unintelligible speech or not unintelligible speech but basically just a language that didn't sound like anything identifiable in terms of today's languages, it makes me think that maybe it was a Bigfoot. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but just it also sounds like skinwalkers or just 
any weird creature. I mean, there are so many creatures in the woods that we've talked about that it could be, or like melon heads or puckwudgies. But it was it was taking snapping branches and throwing them like it was being an aggressor. I know, but almost in an animalistic or like a toddler tantrum type of way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it sounds terrifying. It makes me never want to go camping again. And then it also makes me wonder, okay, well, here's here's that big theory about Bigfoot being a creature from a parallel dimension. And when it accidentally, when our universes or our dimensions accidentally mm-hmm. sync up, we'll see the Bigfoot. And so now I'm wondering if maybe the men in black came in after uh-huh. And cleared all of the tracks and all the evidence and took the beer bottles as evidence. <gasps> and that's why there was no trace. I really like that theory. Right? It's a conspiracy. Like, oh, no. George got out again. It's a big conspiracy. But also terrifying. Yes. Okay. Are you ready for another one? Yes. Okay. This is from Blythe. And her subject line is, two ghosts, one ghost cat. Hey ladies, I'm a longtime listener and adorer of your podcast, and I've spent many a night trying to decide how to share with you my many paranormal paranormal experiences. After listening to your latest episode, I've narrowed it down to three major experiences. The first took place while I was renting an old studio flat in an old house in a suburb of Minneapolis. I had just begun to realize I may have abilities as a medium and had been opening myself up to nearby spirits to see if I could sense them. Also, keep in mind, this this is Blythe, who read our did our tarot card readings for us. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Definitely very open, I think, mm-hmm. then. One night, I woke up from a dead sleep for seemingly no reason. I sat up, looked to my left, and saw two men standing there by my bed. They were both tall, dressed in jeans and button-up shirts, and immediately reminded me of farmers. They were young, with sandy brown hair to their shoulders, and at first, I thought they must be twins. But, on t- but upon reflecting, I think they were just brothers. At first I was startled, but immediately I sensed no threat. They didn't do anything, just stared, and I stared back. And then I said, can I help you? They didn't answer, so then I said, okay, well, I'm going to go put some pants on, and then we'll see how I can help you. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I swung my legs over the opposite side of my bed to stand up, and by the time I did, they were gone. My second experience also happened in the same room. My boyfriend at the time was sleeping over, and again, I woke up, but this time I remained in a sort of half-dreaming state. In this state, I sat up, looked to my dresser, to my left, and I saw a crouched black mass. Unlike the two men, this mass radiated radiated malice and threat, and I was immediately terrified. I yelled at it, you are not welcome here, and it didn't do anything. So I took a deep breath and began to scream at it, an angry get-the-hell-out-of-my-space scream. In an instant, I woke up and I was sitting up in my bed. My jaw stretched wide in a silent scream. My boyfriend was still sound asleep, which is new, which is how I knew I hadn't made a real sound. The thing seemed to be gone and it did not bother me again. My last story happened two years later. I have bought and have been living in a renovated camper trailer like a tiny house so I can see my entire house from my bed. I have two cats named Coven and Cricket. One night, I woke up and noticed some motion on my kitchen counter. I raised my head and saw the shadow of one of my cats playing around with my coffee maker. Cricket likes to climb on it, so I didn't think much of it, and I lay back down. But immediately, I realized I could feel both of my cats lying on my legs, so I got that white, cold rush of terror, and I sat up. The shadow was there, but the moment I blinked, it was gone. 
I only got feelings of curiosity and my cats were not upset. So I decided it must've been a curious ghost cat just saying hi. Thanks for listening. I might have more stories for you. If you like these, thank you so much for all the work you do. Your podcast is truly a joy to me. Much love, Blythe. I am freaked out, but also cracking up (laughs) at the two men that are just standing there. And instead of like cowering with fear, just saying, let me just put my pants on and then we'll open up a conversation. (laughs) But I I mean... Yeah, I mean, you know, you trust your guts and it's clear that these two men, although it's terrifying to wake up to men standing over your bed, it's clear that they didn't present any threat to her. And she was kind of open to this. She was discovering her abilities and was like, oh, maybe this is my chance to help them. Let me put pants on because I don't want my any ghost seeing me nude. And this is why you have to keep your pair, a pair of pants on your nightstand because you never know if you're going to wake up and someone's already going to be in your room. Yeah, that's why I wear sweatpants, a sweatshirt, and long sleeves to bed because I am a freezing cold person and ready to go. (laughs) Always ready. But man, oh man. Well, these are some serious experiences that Blythe had too because it's not just like the normal like, oh, I saw something here or there. Right. They're kind of hardcore with spirits presenting themselves to her. Especially the black mass. Like that's, I mean, any... Mm -hmm or any experience with a black mass or a shadow person or dark entity that's like waiting for your astral self to escape and then come and take you. It's just, I mean, even if it's just sitting there, it's terrifying and no one likes it. But ghost cats are great. Yeah, I hope that that thing was just a ghost cat. Let's just go along with the the idea that it is. It's a ghost cat. It's a ghost cat. Yeah. What you got next? Okay. Well, remember when we got that smoke cleansing kit and a bunch of other cool little things like the room spray and everything? Mm-hmm. So this is Leanne's story that she sent oh, with exciting. Hey, ladies. I just discovered your podcast. I'm late to the party, I know. <laughs> and wow, I'm addicted. Y'all do such a great job. I thought it, I would take a break from my X-Files binge to pass along a ghost story I was relaying to a friend today after listening to the episode on haunted trails. I live in New Mexico. New Mexico is so rich with history and legends. It's one of the things I love most about living here. One spring in 2016, maybe my friend, let's call her Dana and I went camping up in Picos, Pecos, New Mexico at a spot called Holy Ghost. Here is the story of Holy Ghost, courtesy of a post from explorenewmexico.com. And then she writes a little description. It's a couple sentences, so I'll read it. Okay. A small church group had taken two campsites near the second bridge, and in the middle of the night, a group of bikers showed up, tore up their tents pretty good, and made off with three 18-year-old girls and one 19-year-old guy. No. The bodies were actually found over in Las Vegas, New Mexico, and the heads closer to Wagon Mound. They don't think that the murders happened at Holy Ghost, but they were probably decapitated and peaked. Pecos. This is so then sad. Then the bodies were dumped down the road. That isn't the issue anyway. The wailing and screams at night are unearthly. It has been said that there are white glows that look like walking people without heads, usually coming down the mountain. <sighs> okay. So now Leanne writes, Now, when Dana and I set out to go camping at this spot, we don't know this. Oh, no. We set up camp. It was a beautiful day, and we decided to go on a hike further into the mountains behind the campsite, which was pretty maintained. It had picnic tables, porta-potties, etc. 
As we got deeper into the mountains, we came across an abandoned and dilapidated campground, a gazebo with a weird nature, a gazebo with weird nature mobiles, like bones strung on string, were hanging from it. As we get closer to the creek behind the campground, we come across a lot of little kid clothing and shoes in the bushes and on the ground. We were thoroughly creeped out, so we decided to head back to the tent, and we got back and got burgers on the grill right as it started to rain. We somehow managed to get our burgers cooked and into the tent just before dark. I should mention that the tent we were staying in was given to me by our boss, and she said that her and her family have used the tent maybe three or four times, so it was like new. The rain had let up a little bit, and it was still early, so we decided to do some tarot readings. I grabbed my tarot deck, light some Palo Santo to cleanse ourselves and the deck, and begin our reading. We keep pulling dark cards, three of swords, death, hanged man, etc. Oh my gosh. All of these cards by themselves maybe are not so dark, but together they were pretty ominous. I have chills. I seem to remember a lot of swords kept coming up. Anyway, we decided that the readings are just not right, and we put the deck away, and we get snuggled into our sleeping bags. We stay up a while talking and laughing, and then Dana asks me, Are you cold and wet? I turned on my flashlight and water is pouring down the walls of the tent. I mean, like in sheets. It looked like the blood in The Shining, the way it was pouring in so thick. I am freezing. I have so many chills. I'm really cold. (sighs) I tell Dana that we should head home immediately so that we do not get hypothermia and that I was officially scared. We gathered our things, got out of our tent And it's only raining above our tent. What? (gasps) I kid you not, we walked three feet from our tent and it was not raining. I don't even try to follow my Girl Scout training on how to properly put away a tent. We just throw everything into my Jeep and we booked it. Yep. Driving out of the forest was so terrifying. There was fog everywhere and I couldn't see 10 feet in front of me and I kept seeing shadows on the side of the road. But we finally made it home at 1 a.m. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. (sighs) For several months afterward, weird things started to happen. I had my beloved cat, Luna, at the time, and she was so tame and she was my bestie. She was always calm at night, but after I came home from that camping trip, she began going wild every night at about 2 or 3 a.m. She would violently chase something all around the house, sprinting and jumping until (laughs) morning. The silverware drawers in my kitchen would open and close. Things would randomly knock over or be moved. And the final straw was when I picked up a pile of dirty clothes in my art space in the middle of the house. Out fell a brass necklace with a pear on it. I freaked out. The necklace had been in a Ziploc bag with other jewelry from an eight-year relationship that I had recently ended. That Ziploc bag was in a box with other memories waiting to be burned. And that box was on the bookshelf in another room. Mm. I had not opened the box in almost a year. So how did that necklace make it out of the bag, out of the box and off of the bookshelf and into my dirty clothes that I used that I was bound to pick up out of a box I was avoiding due to heartbreak? I am unsure how I deduced it. Maybe I did more readings with it that turned up weird. 
but I concluded that I had something attached to my tarot deck. So the next morning, I took my tarot deck and the scarf it was wrapped in, and I headed to the mountain. I buried it in the mountain, and after that, the hauntings stopped. Well, that is one of the many spooky encounters I've had in my life, and somehow my life journey has led me to help others with cleansing themselves and their homes, advising about crystals and their energies, and making magical products. Wow. I am now a co-owner at Arc Made. We make smudge kits, crystal, aromatherapy mists, and other healing treasures. Just to say thank you for your talents and help keep you protected, I've included some gifts for the two of you. Enjoy all the love, Leanne. Wow. I actually just sprayed, when I walked in today from being out of town for the weekend, I came in and I sprayed that mist right away. <laughs> Any ghosts who posted up for a few days while I was gone, they're... Right. Be gone. Stop squatting. I'm back. Wow. I I mean, it's a horrible story. It's horrible and tragic and so, 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 so sad. And then... Yeah, what happened to those people there? Yeah, that's horrible. And no wonder there's such heavy darkness there. I just, I wonder... Why would it rain on just their tent? It rained to the point that it was like a flood coming through a brand new tent. No, that doesn't happen. That... No. Also, like... It's kind of confusing to me. I, I mean, I know if you die like that, you would have some real anger and want revenge. But just all of the things that happened when they got back is mm-hmm. like, I want to know what ghost it was. And if maybe it was one of their spirits or was it some dark entity that just ended up being in the woods because of the energy that was there? Yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder. Yeah, I wonder how long she had had the tarot cards before. I wonder if somehow the tarot cards opened it up for the spirits to then attach themselves, or if perhaps the tarot cards were always haunted. It was just, I don't know, encouraged by the space. It was unleashed. Act out. I don't like that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, all of this is just terrifying. So terrifying. Wow. Okay. Well, we know not to go camping at Holy Ghost. No. Yeah. Aptly oh, named. It's just, it's really, really sad what happened to those people. I know. It, yeah. It breaks my heart. People are bad. Okay. I have one last story. Okay. This is from Celine, and her story said it's called Traveling Guardian Angel. Hey, ghouls. My name is Celine. I absolutely love your podcast, and I am an OG listener since episode one. <gasps> yeah one, one of, of ten. first nine listeners yes i've been meaning to email you my stories but i've been super busy i'm sure you guys can relate so this story might be a little long but it's important to get every detail so it makes sense so about nine years ago on august 26 yes on sabrina's birthday my brother passed away from a car accident oh. he had just turned 17 years old his birthday is august 5th on the 17th of August, he and his best friend were driving through a mountain near my high school when the driver, his best friend, lost control of the wheel and crashed against the side of the mountain. The side of my brother's head hit his best friend's shoulder, immediately knocking him unconscious. The driver walked away with minor scrapes and bruises, and being stuck in the middle of the mountain, the cell phones they had were pretty old, and even nine years ago, it was hard to find cell reception at an altitude. 
His best friend frantically ran to the nearest house to call for an ambulance, but unfortunately, the paramedics got lost trying to find where the accident had happened. By the time my brother reached the hospital, it had been at least four hours of him being unconscious. Head injuries are very crucial to get medical help right away. It literally is life or death with such a fragile organ like the brain. Finally reaching the hospital, the doctors didn't take him into surgery right away because he was underage and they were waiting for my parents to sign the consent forms. While the doctors spoke to my parents, a nurse approached my family and told us to prepare for the worst because the situation did not look good. They gave us a private room in the ICU while he was in surgery. He became stable but was still unconscious. He was showing signs of improvement. He would move his foot if he was being tickled. He would squeeze your hand if you asked him a question. And one time he even half smiled to us. Sadly, when we thought everything was going to be okay, he had a seizure in the middle of the night and was rushed to the ER, and when the doctors tried to stop the bleeding, they saw he was brain dead. The left side of his brain was black. The only thing keeping him alive were the breathing machines. My parents decided to pull the plug early in the morning of August 26th, and before they did, they allowed us to say goodbye, and the thing I remember most is how cold he felt. That coldness still gets me to this day, and I think... If he would have gotten the help he needed quicker, he may still be with us today. With a tragedy such as this one, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. It's sad that a tragedy brought our family closer. Maybe that was his destiny. But for my story, my brother and I left on good terms with each other. I'm at peace with how things ended. I do get jealous when other family members have dreams about him. The message is usually the same. He says he's happy where he's at and he's okay. He says he's in paradise and not to cry over him. I met my boyfriend five years after his passing, and I didn't really talk to him about my brother. He never asked, and I never told him. One night, my boyfriend dreamt about him, and to not make this email even longer than it already is, I will spare the details, but my boyfriend described his personality to a T from his dream. I'm convinced that he was somehow showing his approval, and as excited as I was for that to happen, I couldn't help but feel jealous. Why did my brother show up to someone he never met in the physical world, but not to me, his own sister? That is until I believe he gave me a sign he was with us. Every year, my family and I try to plan a family vacation, and last July, we planned a trip to Puerto Rico. We went to the airport, passed security, and went to our terminal. And as we were waiting for our gate to open, we decided to stop by and get some snacks. As I went to go grab a drink, I froze. I couldn't believe what I saw. I had to rub my eyes and pinch myself to be sure I was awake and that what I was seeing was true. Before I called everyone over, I took a picture And you know how the bottles slash cans of Coke have names written on them and they're just random common names? Well, perfectly next to each other was my brother's first and last name. His name is Jose. It's pretty common, so I can see that name being written on them. But the bottle next to that was our last name, Chavez. The last name is not very common. His middle name... And his middle initial being J, there was a bottle perfectly behind the first name and last name, spelling his full name. Although... Although, oh my god, my whole body just got chills. I still believe it was him giving me a message and that he was always with us. A sense of peace and excitement came over me, and I couldn't believe it. I bought all of those bottles, even though they were expensive, and I still have them to this day. I've attached the picture if you guys wish to see it. Thanks for taking the time to read my email. I love your podcast and keep up the great work. See you on the other side. P.S. We constantly hear footsteps walk around in our living room, and we also hear it as if someone is opening the front door. Close it and continue to walk towards the kitchen. We like to think it's him stopping by and saying hello. I'll keep you updated with any other encounters. P.P.S. My twin sister Rosie and I binge listen to your show, and I would appreciate if she got a shout out. Thanks. 
Celine. Wow. It's, I mean, what happened is very upsetting and losing someone is, I can't even, because I haven't had to lose a family member in my immediate family. So I can't, I can't even imagine the pain of that. Mm -mm. But I am also very grateful that he does seem to be so active in terms of presenting himself and reminding everyone like, hey, no, I'm still here and I'm around, but like. Don't get too caught up in the past. Continue to live your life. And also, I understand that she was sad that he hasn't visited her in her dreams. But, I mean, we've talked about it. I don't think it's easy to. And if she's not as open to that, it would be harder. But also, maybe he doesn't think she needs it yet. Maybe one day Mm -hmm. he will when she does need it most. Yeah. And I bet he was thinking, oh, if I go talk to the boyfriend... It will be extra proof that it truly is me and it truly yeah. is a visitation because how would this stranger know anything right. about me, really? Right. Yeah. I think it's incredibly heartbreaking what happened, but just having verification that he's okay is, I feel like, unlike any anything you could ask for. Yeah. I would keep those Coke bottles forever. Forever. And I love that her and Rosie listen together. I know. Together. Thank you, both of you, Celine and Rosie. Thanks. And thank you to everyone else who listens. We couldn't do this without you. We couldn't do this without you writing in your stories, too. So if you guys have anything that's happened to you, anything a little offbeat, anything paranormal, anything happy, sad, scary, anything at all. Spookalicious. Really, I couldn't say anything any more times. Email us to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And then we have fun merch you can support us by buying. We have awesome Patreon donations if you want to donate and get cool bonus tiers like free stickers and discount on merch. Also, we come out with eight episodes a month. So if you donate a dollar, that's like nothing per episode. Math. And you can also support us by going to our live shows. Yes. We have Boston, then we have Nashville, and then we have New York. So right. you can get tickets to our live shows and get details on the theaters mm-hmm. uh, by looking on our website. Yeah. And we will see you, see you on the on other, other side. side. Very spooky.